Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, we make a habit of uh, exploring some little-known corners of jazz-recorded history, and hopefully you've uh, checked out some of our other programs. If you haven't, take a look at our list. We've got quite a long one. We go up through bebop, back to the earliest days of jazz, and sometimes uh, do some tangents as well. And I guess today might be qualifying as a tangent. Um, we're going to be listening to the music of a band leader, a, a certain band in the swing era, led by a man named Teddy Powell. Now, Teddy Powell was not very well known. He wasn't a virtuoso musician. He wasn't a singer. He wasn't flashy. Uh, he was a good musician, and he was a pretty good businessman. He was born in the early 1900s in Oakland, California. Grew up out there. He started playing guitar and violin, and uh, by the 1920s, he was playing with the Abe Lyman Orchestra, which was one of the most popular white dance bands on the West Coast during that early jazz period. They were especially popular with some of the Hollywood types. And um, uh, Teddy Powell, as I said, was their guitarist, played some violin, and he kind of moved into the business end of uh, the band business with Abe Lyman as well. He did some uh, bookings, he uh, hired other bands, I think he started uh, arranging radio contracts, things like that. And uh, he, he got a good grounding in the business aspect of the band. He also was a songwriter and he composed some minor hits, I guess you'd have to call them. Uh, one was Take Me Back to My Boots and Saddles, and the other was Spring Cleaning. Uh, it was a Fats Waller uh, recording that uh, made it known. There were a couple of other lesser-known tunes, but uh, that ensured him an ASCAP rating and a good income, or at least somewhat of an income for a while. So he decided in about 1938 to move to New York and to start his own band, which he did. Of course, this was the height of the swing era, and he wanted a band that played musically, that played jazz, and uh, that had some notable soloists in it. And so he hired some uh, of the players uh, around at the time, some men who had played with Benny Goodman's band, with uh, Bunny Berrigan, with Artie Shaw, different groups, and all, all good musicians. Uh, he had some good arrangements made. I think he did some himself, uh, and he bought some other ones from people like Fred Norman and some other people as well. And... Uh, the band uh, was actually quite successful initially. It started out uh, playing live at the Famous Door, the great club on 52nd Street, and it had a live radio hookup. There are a couple of live broadcasts that are still uh, extant today of the band, and we're going to be hearing a few tunes in the second set from one of the broadcasts. And they started immediately recording for Decca, and uh, they got good distribution on the recordings and uh, good reviews in, in the trade papers and things like that. And uh, things were looking rosy for Teddy Powell until he left the famous Doran went on the road, and the band just simply wasn't very popular. It wasn't very showy. It didn't have any significant uh, soloists, uh, effective soloists, but no uh, really well-known ones. It didn't have a particular sound that uh, the public could associate with it, like Benny Goodman's or Glenn Miller's or something like that. Um, it was just a good musical band, and uh, that unfortunately wasn't enough. Although Teddy Powell hung in there for two or three years, up until the World War II years. He uh, had a succession of different uh, players in the band and made a lot of recordings uh, for six or seven years, until finally throwing in the towel at the end of the era. And then later on, he went into uh, managing nightclubs. He made some other recordings later on, and he lived into the 1970s. He had a pretty interesting career altogether. So we're going to be starting with uh, some of the first recordings that they recorded for Decca. We're going to be concentrating on the first year or so of this band's existence. And in the group at this point uh, was a trumpet section that was made up of George Esposito, 
Irving Goodman, Benny's brother, and Jerry Neary. Jerry Neary had played for about a year with Benny Goodman in his earlier days during the Let's Dance broadcasts, and he had cut a couple of solos with the Goodman Band as well. He was a very effective kind of mid-range uh, driving trumpet soloist, and uh, we'll hear him on a number of these cuts. On trombone, we have Sam Genuso and Pete Skinner. I believe Pete Skinner is the soloist. In the saxophone section, playing lead alto is George Koenig, who uh, had played with Benny Goodman, I think with Artie Shaw for a while too. Gus Bavona played alto, took a couple of alto solos, but mostly was featured on clarinet. He was an excellent clarinet player uh, who had already played and recorded with the Hudson DeLange Band and with Bunny Berrigan's later bands. Um, later on in his life, he played uh, in the studio band on the Steve Allen Show, and he was featured on quite a few of the Time Life uh, swing era recreations, the ones that were uh, done under the direction of Glenn Gray, and uh, he recreated some of the classic swing solos of Artie Shaw and some different players as well. On tenor sax, we have Pete Mondello, whose brother Toots was one of the great uh, lead alto players of the era, and Don Lotus. Don Lotus probably plays all but one of the saxophone, tenor saxophone solos we're going to hear. He later w went with Tommy Dorsey and was much better known at that point. Milt Raskin is on piano. He probably did some of the arranging as well. He was a very good technical pianist and a, a very good uh, musician altogether. He played with Gene Krupa's band and uh, later on played with Tommy Dorsey as well. Ben Heller was on guitar. He had played with Benny Goodman and many of the other uh, groups around at the time. Felix Giobi on bass. He was a, a studio musician in New York who didn't travel much, but uh, he played in bands when he got the call. And then on drums was someone who's not terribly well known, Charles Red French. Red French, he was called. And he's a very good drummer in this uh, sort of classic white swing style, I guess I'd have to say. Very good drummer, kept things together, and a very tight rhythm section with those players in it. On vocals, we have Ruth Gaylor and Jimmy Blair, and we'll hear one or two from each of those singers as well. So we're going to start out uh, from the first studio session, October 6th of 1939 in New York. This is, uh, we're going to start with In a Persian Market, which was better known by its recording by Larry Clinton, but this one uh, is, is very good on its own. Some great clarinet playing in here. And then from there, we're going to go to uh, the March of the Toys, the Victor Herbert uh, song from Babes in Toyland. Tommy Dorsey recorded almost exactly this arrangement, but um, the arranger credit was not given. So I'm not sure how it went from Tommy Dorsey to um, Teddy Powell or, or how that worked. Almost the same arrangement at any rate. And we're going to hear, again, some uh, good tenor sax, in this case by Don Lotus. Then a very unusual tune called The Sphinx, which was composed by uh, Teddy Powell. And uh, this is a kind of a, almost a mood piece in a way, and no, no, no notable solos in here, but something a little bit different. And then we're going to end up with Teddy's Boogie Woogie, uh, a Teddy Powell tune that features Milt Raskin, also Gus Bavona, Don Lotus, Jerry Neary, and uh, their horns as well. So we'll have some good jazz on this set. So this is going to introduce us to the Teddy Powell Band uh, from the first, I guess it's the first two sessions, October 6th and November 13th of 1939 for Decca Records. In a Persian market, March of the Toys, The Sphinx, and Teddy's Boogie Woogie. <laughs>
The uh, Teddy Powell Band wins no prizes for creative endings. A lot of those are sort of just, we have to stop now, the record's coming to a close type of endings, but uh, the arrangements within were pretty good. And some of them were done by a fellow named Ben Homer, whose real name was Hoser, H-O-Z-E-R, who was born in Meriden, Connecticut, and was educated at New England Conservatory, and actually returned there as a teacher, I guess, in the, in the 50s. Uh, he was responsible for some of these arrangements. He co-composed... Um, the tune we just heard, Teddy's Boogie Woogie, along with Teddy Powell, and he did the arrangement, and a couple of others that uh, he's credited with, too, is the Sphinx as well that we just heard, uh, the second-to-last tune. And he later went with Les Brown and became a writing team with Les Brown. They, they uh, composed together Sentimental Journey and Bizet Has His Day and a couple of others. Uh, so he had a, an interesting career, not a name you would hear too often, though. So we started out with In a Persian Market, uh, done in the style of the Larry Clinton band a little bit, although a little more swingy, I guess, as the notes point out here. And again, a fine clarinet solo by Gus Pavona. Then, The March of the Toys, the Victor Herbert uh, tune, the arrangement in common with Tommy Dorsey. We heard some good Don Lotus on, on tenor sax. Then, as I mentioned, The Sphinx, which didn't really have too much in the way of solos. It was a, a kind of a mood piece, an atmosphere piece. Uh, and then, Teddy's Boogie Woogie, which featured Milt Raskin on some very flashy piano uh, playing there. He sounded in some ways like a little more flexible version of Bob Zerke, who was playing with the Bob Crosby band at the time. And we also heard Gus Pavona, Don Lotus on tenor, Jerry Neary on an excellent trumpet solo, uh, mid-range, nothing flashy. He sounded very much like Harry James did when he restricted himself to the middle range of the trumpet. So we're going to hear on the next set a couple of more of the Decca tunes, as well as three tunes taken from a broadcast from the famous Door, done actually before they officially started recording for Decca. So the first tune we're going to hear is another Powell and Homer collaboration. It's called Flea on a Spree, and this is from the second uh, recording date, November 13th, 1939. And uh, we're going to end the fifth tune of that set with the uh, Isham Jones and uh, Gus Kahn tune, The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else, which will feature a vocal by Ruth Gaylor. And uh, that uh, is from the third session, which is February 1st of 1940. Some personnel differences there we'll talk about later. But in the middle, we're going to hear three tunes. We're going to hear Pussy in the Corner, which was a Powell and Homer composition. Uh, Melancholy Mood, which is a, a, a really very nice um, ballad type of performance featuring uh, Ruth Gaylor uh, singing just a, an excellent version, excellent live version of that. And then we'll finish up with the jazz standard by Spencer Williams, I Found a New Baby. And uh, I'm not sure who did these arrangements. Uh, Pussy in the Corner was probably by Ben Homer. I don't know about the other two. I Found a New Baby possibly could have been by him as well. 
So those are our tunes for this next set. Uh, Flea on a spree, Pussy in the Corner, Melancholy Mood, I Found a New Baby, and The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else. is bringing you the music of America's newest dance sensation, Teddy Powell and his orchestra coming to you from the famous door on 52nd Street in New York City. It's an old tune, but then it's a Teddy Powell arrangement, I Found a New Baby.
Teddy Powell and his orchestra in the tune, Melancholy Mood.
up in an old parlor game, but strictly on the jive side. Pussy in the corner.
one I love belongs to somebody else. He means his tender songs for somebody else. And even when I have my arms around him, I know his thoughts are strong for somebody else. The hands I hold belong to somebody else. I'll bet they're not so cold to somebody else. It's tough to be alone on the shelf. It's worse to fall in love by yourself. I love belongs to somebody Very uh, well-produced, well-played swing from 1940 in that case. So we started out with a tune called Flea in the Corner. Or actually, excuse me, Flea on a Spree. I'm conflating two tunes there. That had a uh, piano solo by Milt Raskin, Jerry Neary on trumpet, Don Lotus on tenor, and Gus Pavone on clarinet. Again, that was uh, composed by Teddy Powell and Ben Homer. And then we went to the broadcast recordings from September 29th of 1939 with the same band. I actually uh, misordered it in my original announcement, but fortunately there was an announcer there to correct me. We started out with Pussy in the Corner, another Powell and Homer tune, Melancholy Mood featuring uh, Ruth Gaylor on vocals, and I Found a New Baby. And um, that was what I originally said, but it was in the other order. It was starting with I Found a New Baby, then Melancholy Mood, then Pussy in the Corner. So there. And uh, Pussy in the Corner, I should also mention, featured an alto sax solo by, I presume, George Koenig, because Gus Pavona came in shortly thereafter on clarinet. So that was a, a, a rare spot for George Koenig. Then we went to the one I love belonged to somebody else, a nice sort of dance arrangement of the beautiful tune by Isham Jones and Gus Kahn. And that was from the first session that this band did for DECA in 1940, on February 1st. A couple of personnel changes. So in the trumpet section, we have George Esposito, Joe Bauer, and Jerry Neary. We have John Grassi and Pete Skinner on trombone, Gus Bavona on clarinet and alto sax, uh, Mickey Rufo uh, plays lead alto in this case. We have uh, Pete Mondello and Don Lotus on tenor sax. I should mention Pete Mondello was the tenor soloist on The One I Love. And then Milt Raskin on piano. Tom Morgan was on guitar, Felix Joby on bass, and Red French on drums. And that was another uh, Ruth Gaylor vocal, as I mentioned. So we're going to do one more set of uh, Teddy Powell right now. We're going to uh, go back into the DECA archives here. We're going to start with a, a bluesy tune called The Feather Merchant's Ball, which was 
uh, a composition credited to Ray Conniff, the trombone player, who uh, at the time was playing with Bunny Berrigan's band when he wrote this. It was also called Little Gates Special and had a couple of other names to it as well. And it had some affinity for the Count Basie uh, tune, Boogie Woogie. Uh, indeed, the saxophone section sounds an awful lot like Count Basie's on here, almost to the point where I have to wonder if Earl Warren, his lead alto player, wasn't sitting in. Um, the Basie band uh, had just left Decca, I think, at this point, but um, it's possible if they were in New York, maybe he came and played that date. This date uh, was actually... Um, from May, May 20th of 1940, so it's possible, I suppose, and uh, slightly different personnel on here. So we have Sammy Kessner on trumpet instead of Esposito. Don McCook replaced Gus Bavona, although I don't think there are any clarinet solos coming up. He played clarinet and alto. Um, Danny Cappy played tenor sax instead of Don Lotus, who by this point had already gone to join uh, Tommy Dorsey. And Dick Fisher, uh, Richard Fisher, sometimes known as, played guitar. He played with the Glenn Miller Band for a while. And also Iggy Shavak played bass. So, slightly different band on May 20th, 1940. And again, that was the Feather Merchant's Ball, we're going to start with coming up. After that, we're going to uh, do a couple of standard tunes. We're going to do I Get the Blues When It Rains, which is uh, going to be our single feature for Jimmy Blair uh, singing in this case. And then we're going to hear Ruth Gaylor sing another uh, tune, Am I Blue, the Harry Axt Clark, uh, and Clark tune from about 1926, I think it was. Excellent version, uh, kind of a rhythmic version of this, not as slow as some of the tunes uh, were occasionally done. And this features uh, Gus Bavona again on clarinet. We go back to that session, and Pete Skinner on trombone. Then we're going to finish up with two tunes that were recorded for a transcription service, and I'm not even sure which transcription one it was. It might have been World Transcriptions, or Associated was another big transcription service in 1939. Uh, it possibly was made before the first DECA session, and maybe even before the... Um, uh, famous door residency. It features a clarinet player who's not Gus Bavona. He's a, somebody who clearly liked Irving Fazola's playing, and Irving Fazola joined the Teddy Powell band a couple of years later, but I don't believe this is he. It doesn't have the, the effortlessness that Fazola had and the sound that he had, but the note choice and uh, the general demeanor shows that this clarinet player was clearly someone who was impressed by Fazola. A possibility would be uh, a studio player from that time named Tommy Mace, or Tommy Macy, who did some jazz sessions, and uh, has a similar sound to some of the things that he did with Billie Holiday and others. So the two tunes we're going to hear from that session are The Russian Schur, it's a traditional uh, Russian klezmer tune, and uh, on a different uh, side of the continent, O Solo Mio, uh, the Italian uh, folk song that uh, here is dressed up in swing clothing. So... Those are our five tunes in this set. The Feather Merchant's Ball, I Get the Blues When It Rains, Am I Blue, Russian Share, and O Solo Mio. <laughs> Thank you. 
it rains The blues I can't lose when it rains Each little drop that falls on my window pane Always reminds me of the tears I shed in vain I sit and wait for the sun To shine down on me once again It rained when I found you It rained when I lost you That's why I'm so blue when it rains
So there we have our Teddy Powell tribute today. Uh, good study in uh, how a, a, a second-tier big band from the swing era was still a pretty darn good band and had excellent musicians with good arrangements and uh, very solid professional playing and how, it, how, how good it could sound just uh, even without uh, a lot of public acceptance or stylistic points or anything like that. And certainly the Powell Band had some very good soloists with Gus Bavona and Don Lotus and Jerry Neary too and certainly Milt Raskin who was somebody to contend with I think. We started out with the Feather Merchant's Ball, that nice bluesy style performance, after which we went to uh, I Get the Blues When It Rains, a good 1920s ballad uh, featuring Jimmy Blair on vocals, before we let Ruth Gaylor pick it up again for a vocal on Am I Blue, also featuring Pete Skinner on trombone. Then we had those two transcriptions, uh, Russian Share and O Solo Mio, featuring the mystery clarinet player, uh, also probably having Jerry Neary on trumpet and Don Lotus on tenor sax. So we hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and uh, glad you're listening wherever you're listening, whether it's on Anchor.fm, which is our home, or Spotify or Apple. If you would like to sponsor us, please consider doing so on a monthly basis or occasional, however however you like, just to encourage us to keep putting these programs on the air. I'm trying to uh, do a range of different jazz styles, from very early styles up through bebop, and certainly swing, and some maybe tangential styles as well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program. So, I hope we meet again on these airwaves very soon, and until then, I'll see you on the other side.